When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Friends, last week was our True Readings from True Royalty event, and it was a wonderful day filled with pastors across Canada reading God-honoring stories to children in public libraries, and we have a report to bring you. Despite what people tell you, we are still in the COVID era, and more and more information comes out that our leaders knew about things like the virus origin and the ineffectiveness of the jabs, and they still lied right to our faces with the legacy media giving them a platform for propaganda. Don't worry, we have the receipts. Also, it's mailbag day. And as always, we hope this inspires you to send in your comments and questions as well. You know, we just celebrated both Dominion Day and Independence Day for our neighbors to the South. As bleak as the world appears and as corrupt as our medical establishment, media and state are, Jesus owns every square inch of Canada, from libraries to churches, from homes to Parliament. It's July 6th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us here again on the program, and we hope you had a wonderful Dominion Day weekend. Uh, we're glad to be back bringing you our shows, which, if you do not know by now, they are brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and A Christian Week. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand and Christian week exists to provide a practical balanced and hope-filled perspective on national and global issues if you do value our work we would ask that you would support it by leaving a donation at libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate if you go over to that page you can scan that helpful qr code at the bottom you'll see two boxes if you want to support specifically what we're doing here on news and analysis please click the the analysis and shows box uh, that will help us to continue to produce these programs uh, like ours and open mic and liberty lounge all those things and if you want to support something like the true readings from true royalty initiative that we just finished doing that we're going to give a recap on today's program you want to click on the initiatives uh, tab there and that way our you will make sure that your donations are going to the right place what you want to support so we're so very thankful for all you who have supported us thus far 
in uh, in continuing to bring these programs. And we do ask that you would prayerfully consider partners partnering with us on an ongoing basis um, through monthly donations, especially that helps us continue to grow and plan for the future. Also, advertisers, if you want to help us get your business in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people each week, we can help you grow our business, your business while you help us grow our podcasting and shows. Uh, please reach out to us at advertising at christianweek.org we would love to partner with you as always we are on the flf network the fight laugh feast network that's flfnetwork.com you can also get us on their helpful fight laugh feast network app which you can get at the google play or the apple app store so we would suggest that you go and check those out Andrew, here we are, another program. We're doing a mailbag uh, to end the week here. Um, what do you have for us, though, for the next mailbag question that we want people to consider? Well, other than people sending in their questions and comments, I would love to know how did you spend Canada Day? Mm-hmm. So, Matt, I'll start with you. How did you spend Canada Day? Well, it just so happens that it's my daughter's birthday on June the 30th, and it was her first birthday. So we celebrated by throwing her not one, but two birthday parties, one here closer to home. So our elderly great grandmas could attend. And then we also held one at uh, Clear Lake uh, in uh, Riding Mountain National Park, uh, where where my uh, wife and in-laws have a cabin up there. So we spent some time away. Up I think I can say definitively that no one, that anyone who does not live in Manitoba has no idea what you just said <laughs> or where that is. <laughs> no, it's it's a wonderful all I park. Heard, all I heard was German. That's all yes. I heard. Wein and Klein and Oct. Yes. Anyways, it was a wonderful time. It was a good wonderful. time with family and friends yep. and, and a nice you know, way to celebrate the birth of my daughter, but also the birth of our nation and commemorating that as well, which we did. Great. Yeah. We were in Peterborough. Mm-hmm. We spent the weekend with Alex Klusterman uh, and the Dominion guys. We were also worshiping at their church, Hill City. I also went awesome. to uh, Westmount Bible Chapel, so two solid churches that stayed open during the COVID madness. <laughs> we had a great time in Peterborough. It was wonderful. The kids had a blast. So, yeah, how did you spend your Canada Day? We would love to hear what did you do, anything special? Did you go anywhere special? Did you light off fireworks and shoot guns into the air? Um, I will also say that uh, if you follow us on social media, go check out our Twitter page. On Canada Day, I posted a video of Alex and I together um, Mm -hmm. in front of his place. And we basically, you know, quoted Psalm 72 and Psalm 24, that the earth belongs to the Lord and all the people as well. And that Canada belongs to Christ and the trolls. My word, they have come out in full force. So they've basically made it so there's over 120 comments or so on our post, and most of them mm-hmm. is just trollery. Some yeah. of them are pretty funny. Um, I think some guy said, you know, you guys should stick to eating cheeseburgers, something like that. I laughed. Yeah. I had a big laugh over it. Cheeseburgers I, are great. Alex and I laughed <laughs> together over over the, the, the yeah. nonsense. But anyways, yeah. go check it out. Uh, it's quite hilarious. They've helped us get over like 14,000 views or something like that. So if you're up for Thanks a good God. laugh and you want to see some pagan trollery um, and just continue to laugh at their utter stupidity, <laughs> um, 
go check out Twitter. It's quite funny. Quite the, funny indeed. The the pagans hate when you point out things that are obviously true that Correct. they wish to suppress. That they yes. hate that. That gets them really fired up. They get big mad when you do that sort of thing. So. Yeah, they're, 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 the, the Twitter <laughs> warriors get fully decked out yeah. and their uh their their fingers come to play. Friends. Have you ever wished that you could listen to other sources talk about important hot-button issues? Well, now you can. Simply search Carpe Fide in your favorite podcast app. Jesse and Justin Gruber are pastor brothers hailing from South Jersey. They started recording in 2020 as a resource for their local church, and they have since expanded to covering a multitude of crazy headlines from both the U.S. and Canada. They love God, hate tyranny, and have fun while doing so. Also, head to carpefide.com slash shop in the U.S. and in Canada. If you use the promo code LCC10, you will get 10% off the American store. However, until July the 8th, the Canada store is having a 25% sale off everything. You don't have to put in any promo codes. Simply go to carpefide.com slash shop. Click on the Canadian store. 25% off the entire Canadian store until July the 8th. And so you have just a couple more days and you can be decked out in this incredible Slay Dragon shirt mm -hmm. or you can grab a few other shirts as well off the Carpe Fide Canada shop while supplies last. The biggest desire of our friends over at Carpe Fide is for you, dear Christian, to seize the faith carpefide.com slash shop hurry up only two more days left absolutely well andrew we here at liberty coalition canada partnered with wonderful men wonderful church leaders across our country this last past week on june 29th to bring reading true readings from true royalty to libraries across Canada where we could tell good stories proclaim the gospel proclaim God's good design uh, in creation and the the beautiful norms that he set in place for our good and the flourishing of humanity and for the fulfillment of the dominion mandate that he gave human beings to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth with his image because human beings are made in his image well pastors heard our call and they came to action andrew and we just wanted to highlight a few people uh, of the many uh, across our country who took place uh, in in true readings from true royalty and just how blessed we were to to have this time mm -hmm. so yeah we uh, we want to show some pictures now um, and obviously people's faces are, are blurred out blurred out but basically even up until five minutes before we started recording <laughs> I got another few pictures in from another brother so wonderful pastors all over the country were in public libraries reading books that honor the Lord and essentially showing that, yes, even the libraries, <laughs> even these bastions of wokeism, they yeah. belong to Jesus too. And Amen. so we can step into these public spaces. We can engage and say, now, the gates of hell, even here, even in your public library, mm -hmm. will not be able to stand against the kingdom of God and the church. So Amen. we're just going to show you some pictures because we don't want to say, hey, we did this and say, oh, it was great. We want to show you 
mm-hmm. just how amazing of an initiative this is. So let's work through these pictures and I'll say who we have. So this is Barry Bukema. He is a pastor and you can see from that image like, oh, that looks fairly decent. But the next image here is from the front and you can see, yeah, there's a lot going on there. About 50 to 60 people, mostly kids. It was a wonderful time. I'm thankful for the update from Barry and his people. So let's move on and, here. And I just want to oh. give a shout out. I, I really appreciate Barry. I've had uh, many interactions with Barry Bukema, and he's a faithful uh, preacher of the word of God. And we're so thankful that he uh, partook in in this uh, True Readings from True Royalty. On yes. to the next one. Next. So this is Lucas Nozzle. He's right in my backyard. He's just in Smith's Falls, about an hour north of where I am in Kingston. There they are in the library. About 20 to 30 kids showed up. It was a really, really good time. They had a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. Next. Here's Tim Stevens. So Tim, obviously, Pastor Tim came up with the idea originally for the True Readings from True Mm -hmm. Royalty. And on May 17th, or not May, May not May 17th, but in May is when they had their yeah. first library event. And when we interviewed Tim, we thought, let's do an initiative. Let's do a yeah. countrywide thing. And so this is Tim the second time on the 29th in the library. And actually, Rebel News covered it mm-hmm. um, and, and, and interviewed him and talked about the event. So again, another great success, uh, another great stepping into these public spaces and uh, bringing the Lordship of Christ to bear there as well. So next we have Jason Hagen. It's a brother in Edmonton. Jason told me about 50 to 60 Praise kids God. were there. It was incredible. Yeah, Jason's uh, Jason's a dear friend, so I was you glad for see that. The wonderful true diversity that uh, makes up the body of Christ as well. It's mm-hmm. just a beautiful thing to see. Yep. So next... So this is Pastor Josh Mills in Burlington. Um, they had a good time as well. I'm thankful for for that. They, uh, yeah, Josh has been has been a, a good brother as well in the mm-hmm. last number of years. Praise God. Next. So this was in Barry, I believe. Um, we don't see the photo because he's at the front, but this is Matt Lilly. Um, mm-hmm. Christ the King Fellowship and Matt again told me about 50 to 60 people mostly kids showed up and again this was the photo that came in just minutes before we started recording um, because I was bugging him to send me the photos and he did so thank you Matt thank you so I mean that's like listen, that's just a handful of the many churches that yeah, partook so we we had about 25 to 30 different groups of people mm-hmm. connect and confirm that they were doing it now not all of them were pastors some of them were homeschool coordinators yeah great. there were a number of people that for whatever reason couldn't get into the library now not because in some instances the library gave them a hard time but in mm-hmm. other instances it's because the libraries just didn't have any rooms at all they just didn't have the space for it. So I heard stories of people as well meeting outside at parks in oh, other settings. And so 25 to 30 or so people across the country joined in this. And, and this is the encouraging thing. It's not that we got to read books to kids in libraries. Mm-hmm. It's exercising this cultural engagement muscle. It's mm. saying the church functions outside of the four walls of where we meet on Sunday morning, though that is essential to the mm-hmm. life of the church that we can enter into public spaces, we can engage in these areas that, again, traditionally we say that's that's the kingdom of the world, that's the kingdom of Satan, we leave that alone. No, no thank you, that belongs to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, We're going to go take that hill, 
we're going to bring the Lordship of Christ to bear. And so I hope that you're encouraged by this and that mm-hmm. the next time we try to do an initiative like this again, which we'll probably aim to do every June, mm-hmm. you will be more emboldened and n- nothing stopping you from doing this every month. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's quite easy. All the all these different pastors, it's as easy as a phone call, an online form. You get the books, you advertise it in your church and you just do it. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's in a lot of instances, it's free or very low cost. And so I hope this encourages you, you know, be bold. You can do it. You yeah. can do it and you can do it regularly. And this mm-hmm. was just a tremendous, tremendous experience for these pastors, for these people. And I say that this is a cultural victory. Yes. Because it's it's getting us out of just our churches and saying, mm-hmm. yeah, we can we can even go to libraries and read books. So I'm I'm so thankful for this. And it's so important too, right? Because you said the church is an essential sending off point for Christians, right? That's where the the concentrations of the means of grace are. That's where we get commissioned to go into the world and to disciple the nations. So it's essential, but we have to actually fulfill that commission by doing things like this, by bringing the good news to all corners of our country, all corners of the world, and even spaces like public libraries. If you want to get help with any of these resources, if you want to do this yourself, it's not a part of the initiative, that's fine. Reach out to us, churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com. And if you did participate and you still haven't got uh, your your videos, your testimonies to us, reach out to us again, churches at libertycoalitioncanada.com. We would love to hear your story and potentially share that story with our listeners and viewers. And we would love to see this movement continue to grow and mm-hmm. develop because it's important for us to, as Christians, not just be cranks who are o- only prophetically denouncing the sodomy that's being portrayed across our nation at all times in public spaces, but we also want to tell good stories. We want mm-hmm. to tell true stories. And that's why these sorts of engagements, these sorts of, of cultural contact, they're so very important for expanding the kingdom of God. So that's the wonderful, good, fantastic, happy, be encouraged. (laughs) The kingdom of God indeed is advancing in Canada. We're not just bringers of bad news, Andrew. Yes, yes. But but now we have to be, now we have to continue to pull the hideous mask of statist scientism, of kind of medical establishment corruption and worship. And we have to we have to be honest about the fact, Matt, that lots of people think that the COVID era is completely behind us. Mm-hmm. We had our difficult several years. We all said some things maybe we weren't super proud of. And listen, we got through it. It's yeah. over. The borders are open. The mandates are done, mm-hmm. even though the reality is if you want to be a teacher or a medical professional in Ontario, you need proof of vaccination still to this day. But aside mm-hmm. from that, it's basically done and over with. It's past us now. You know, we survived. This is what people say. We've survived the virus by working together. <laughs> we worked together. We were better together. Hashtag better together. And now that it's all over, we can just move on. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That is not the case at all. First of all, The damage that was done to countless people, whether it's economic, physical, mental, psychological, we will be sorting through that wreckage for decades to come. 
decades to come, the sort of effect that we've seen from substance abuse, domestic abuse, from suicidality, from marriages broken, we're going to be sorting the economic carnage that it has wrought in the world. We're going to be sorting through this for a long time. Second, the new systems of totalitarian control created by the state, they are not going away anytime soon. They're not going to now give up all this power and all this control that they have seized for themselves over us and over our freedoms. And finally, many places still, like I said, require employees to be jabbed and compliant, such as hospitals and schools. So it's not as if it's fully behind us anyways. Now, most people want to move on and pretend like nothing happened, that they're unaware of the truckloads of information that are still coming out regarding the jab, the mandates, the virus itself. Now, I, I want to say we're not, I'm not bitter. I'm not holding grudges. That's not our disposition here. What we want, however, is to see justice and restitution. And we can't move on while people deny the past or engage in revisionist history and try to tell us that something happened when it didn't or something didn't happen when we all saw it with our own eyes. There can be no repentance. There can be no forgiveness in moving forward unless we are honest about what happened. We can't just pretend like everything was great and wonderful now that we're out of it. Apparently not so much. People's lives have been forever altered and ruined. Laws have been passed, many very dangerous and scary laws. The COVID era was, dev COVID era was devastating. And I'm not talking about the virus itself. No, no, no. I'm talking about what people in power did, what fellow citizens both allowed and welcomed. So for the good of our souls and for the success of our future, we will continue to bring you the receipts and expose what many people want to remain hidden in darkness. So I present to you Exhibit 1, the CDC's 2023 Annual Epidemic Intelligence Service Conference, which took place between April 24th and 27th of this year. There were roughly 1,800 people who attended in person, and apparently there was a COVID outbreak. So people were tested between May 5th and May 12th to determine who got sick and who didn't. 181 people tested positive for COVID, which we know means nothing anyways, because the the jab, the, the PCR tests are irrelevant, but let's just use their rule book for the sake of argument. 181 people got COVID. 100% of the people who got COVID were fully jabbed. However, because no one was fully, no one was hospitalized as a result of this, the CDC had a media release on May the 26th showing just how effective the injections are. So that this was their this was their play. All of the people who got sick were fully jabbed, but they didn't go to the hospital, so the jabs work. Now, this is what I would like to call two parts cognitive dissonance and one part gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> That's what that is. It's wow. this 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 vile cocktail that the CDC is trying to, to shove down our throats. A little bit of ignoring the truth and forgetting about what happened. Yeah, Andrew, and that raids, raises a good point. Like, it's quite the spectacle. You have people who are 
gathering in this environment and they all get COVID. I think it's there's there's a tale in there. But anyways, it highlights a recent study, Andrew, called LG g4 antibodies induced by repeated vaccines what you've you've just said andrew highlights uh it fits well in into a recent study so uh the study is ig g4 antibodies induced by repeated vaccinations may generate immune tolerance to sars cov v to spike protein essentially the study aims to show the effects of a person receiving multiple covid injections and exposing themselves continually to the spike protein spoiler alert the study shows that the more jabs you get the more ineffective your immune system becomes IgG4 antibodies are a type of antibody your body produces as an immune response, and they are quite prevalent in your blood. Here is an abstract from the study. Quote, less than a year after the global emergence of coronavirus SARS-CoV-2, a novel vaccine platform based on mRNA technology was introduced to the market. Globally, around 13.38 billion COVID-19 vaccine doses of diverse platforms have been administered. That is an astonishing number. To date, 72.3% of total population has been injected at least once with the COVID-19 vaccine. As the immunity provided by these vaccines rapidly wanes, their ability to prevent hospitalization and severe disease in individuals with comorbidities has recently been questioned, and increasing evidence has shown that as with many other vaccines, they do not produce sterilizing immunity, allowing people to suffer frequent reinfections. Additionally, recent investigations have found abnormally high levels of IgG4 in people who were administered two or more injections of the mRNA vaccine. HIV, malaria, and pertussis vaccines have also been reported to induce higher-than-normal IgG4 synthesis. Overall, there are three critical factors determining the class switch to IgG4 antibodies, excessive antigen concentrated concentration, repeated vaccination, and the type of vaccine used. It has been suggested that an increase in IgG4 levels could have a protecting role by preventing immune overactivation similar to that occurring during successful allergen-specific immunotherapy by inhibiting IgE-induced effects. However, and this is a key part of this abstract, however, emerging evidence suggests that the reported increase in IgG4 levels def 
detected after repeated vaccination with mRNA vaccines may not be a protective mechanism. Rather... It constitutes an immune tolerance mechanism to the spike protein that could promote unopposed SARS-CoV-2 infection and replication by suppressing natural antiviral responses. Increased IgG4 synthesis due to repeated mRNA vaccination with high antigen concentrations may also cause autoimmune diseases and promote cancer growth and autoimmune myocarditis in susceptible individuals. In other words, the more jabs you get, the worse your immune system becomes and the greater likelihood of other autoimmune, autoimmune diseases, cancer and myocarditis. So it turns out Jabs ineffective and possibly very dangerous. Negative immunity. Negative immunity. Negative immunity. Now, this brings us to Oscar Cabrera Adamas, a professional basketball player in the Dominican Republic. The 28-year-old player died of a heart attack two weeks ago while undergoing a stress test. It's believed that he suffered with myocarditis. Following his death, Social media posts surfaced in which Cabrera Adamez suggested that he developed the rare heart disease after he received two doses of a COVID-19 injection. Here's a video of Adamez collapsing on the court shortly after receiving his second COVID shot. It's, it's pretty jarring stuff. Um, this isn't what kills him, but this is, this is what happens to him shortly after he received his second shot. Ooh, that's disturbing. So for those of you listening, you're just watching a basketball player who on an in in bound, uh, he just faints, collapses, and uh, they rush the medical assistance to him. So it was, it was just a couple weeks after his second shot. Now, this is the social media post from Carrera Adamas that he that he posted. And this was this is what surfaced after he actually died. So it's a translation into English. I got myocarditis from taking a vaccine. I got two doses of Pfizer and I knew it. Many people warned me. But guess what? It was compulsory or I couldn't work. I'm an international professional athlete and I'm playing in Spain. I have no health problems, nothing, not hereditary, no asthma, nothing. I suddenly collapsed to the ground in the middle of a match and almost died, which is what we just watched. I'm still recovering and I've had 11 different cardiology tests done and guess what? They found nothing. I have low cholesterol, no fat, nothing, 7% body fat, 93% muscle. When they gave me the diagnosis, they told me that I won't be able to play for at least five months until my heart goes down again. So this is why we bring this up. This is why you won't see this covered anywhere on legacy media. Mm -hmm. The fallout of the COVID era 
is a present reality. Mm-hmm. We're not. It's not done. the The fallout we will be sorting through for decades to come, mm-hmm. and the corruption and the lies from our elites continue to ruin lives. Mm-hmm. More than three years after fourteen days to flatten the curve, people still having their lives destroyed and negatively affected forever mm-hmm. because of an overreaching state, corruption in the health establishment, and the Pravda from our legacy media. Mm-hmm. So we can't just move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- that's the thing, right? Athletes across the world, professionals across the world are still being mandated that they take these shots even after COVID essentially is non-lethal. To virtually everybody who gets it now regardless of your age or health but this is a man who's a professional athlete you know um in, 28 in the European years old. basketball league who as he says seven percent body fat 93 percent muscle given what we know of, of the comorbidities for covid he was not at even remotely ri- risk of of being hurt by the disease especially this late on but yet guess what He's being mandated that he takes this so he can participate in high cardio activity that we've seen has been disastrous for many young men and women um, when it comes to taking these jabs. I mean, I feel for him and his family and... um, this is why we can't forget, right? This is why until there is mass scale repentance, like real repentance saying hey, what we did was wrong and justice and real justice. and real justice coming from this, we can't forget. And I know yeah. there is COVID fatigue. You're actually starting to see this in the States, right? Um, part part of the reason Donald Trump is still very much in the league for the Republican nomination right now, despite you know, the indictments and all those stuff, maybe those are helping, actually, probably they are, um, is a lot of people have forgotten the good work that uh, guys like Ron DeSantis had done during COVID. They don't want to talk about COVID, they want to move on. But the real thing that sticks out between the difference between Trump and DeSantis is DeSantis bucked the trend. He he fought back against a lot of this stuff and Trump was the one who instituted a lot of this stuff and he has yet to repent and, and you know, call for forgiveness for a lot of what he put into action. And I think you're just seeing that COVID fatigue, but we have to be, as a prophetic voice in our culture war, the ones who keep reminding people that this stuff is still going on and these consequences for these actions are still dire and they're Mm -hmm. still very much a real and urgent um, thing that we need to be discussing. So if you feel that big government and banks are too involved in your finances, Bitcoin is the solution for you. Bitcoin is the antithesis of central bank digital currency or CBDCs. It is decentralized digital cash that puts you in full control of your money. With Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about government interference or banks censoring you in any way. As a freedom advocate, you know the importance of individual liberty and responsibility. Bitcoin is the ultimate expression of those values, enabling you to take control of your financial destiny and make transactions that align with your beliefs. So... Whether you're an experienced Bitcoiner or just getting started, Bull Bitcoin is the perfect place to buy and sell Bitcoin. Don't wait any longer to take control of your money. 
Sign up today using our referral link, mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. And don't hesitate to contact their human support for any assistance from the get-go. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So, Matt, it's not just the consequences of the COVID era that linger. <laughs> it is the reality that perhaps people in positions of power and decision-making, people who sit perhaps. at the tippy-top, perhaps, people who sit at the tippy-top of state health media establishments were not totally forthcoming with information, and maybe they had a desire to push a certain narrative and a certain medical product despite evidence to the contrary of the effectiveness or strength of said measures and products, perhaps. But Andrew, that could not possibly be the case because we were reliably informed and actually banned from YouTube not once but twice because we were spreading disinformation about COVID. Mm -hmm. So it obviously can't be the case that what you just said was right. Ooh, except there were two bombshell stories that dropped in the last two weeks. And if you watch legacy media, you would have no idea about them. But you shouldn't be surprised about that. And you probably should stop watching mainstream media because they'll just infect you with a brain virus. Anyway, the first one, the first story is concerning gain of function research and the origins of the COVID-19 virus. And we want to show you two clips of Dr. Fauci and Senator Rand Paul discussing gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. The questions that have been raised have included, did Dr. Fauci and the NIH know about the gain-of-function research? And, subsequently, did they fund it? Here is the exchange between Dr. Fauci and Rand Senator Rand Paul from the last two years. I think if you have not yet seen it, it will definitely be uh, worth your while to watch it. So here is the exchange. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. What was, <laughs> let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance and you're dancing around this. You said the overwhelming amount of evidence indicates that's a lab leak. 
I believe most card-carrying viral phylogenists and molecular virologists would disagree with you. Trust the experts. That is much more likely, <laughs> even though we leave open all possibilities, it's much more likely that this was a natural occurrence. And third, you made a statement just a moment ago that's completely incorrect, where you say we continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You proved it in August of last year. No, no, your statement says, quote, I wrote it down as you were writing. You continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You were in committee a month ago and said you still trust the Chinese scientists and you still support the research over there. You said it a month ago Senator in committee. Senator Paul, I have allowed Dr. Fauci to respond. You've had your time. I'm going to give him He's going to be dishonest. Minute. He ought to be challenged. S Senator Paul. I agree. Right. <laughs> Rand, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, so there, you've heard it from the science's mouth, sorry, because Dr. Fauci declared that he was to high, science. High. High priest Fauci there you go. of the status scientism and, that has become one of the new religions. And he stated emphatically, Andrew, emphatically, no lab leak, no gain of function. And in fact, Senator Dr. Rand Paul, you don't know what you're talking about with a little bit of New York swagger there. And I want to say, Senator Rand Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. And I want to say that officially. Because as long as no one recognizes my hands are shaking right now because I'm lying, I'll just throw mud your way officially on the record. Yes, absolutely. Well, the thing is, Andrew, we now know that Senator Paul was indeed correct and that the evidence does, in fact, point to the lab leak uh, theory as the most explainable explanation for COVID taking place and even leftist papers like the New York Times have admitted that recently and that's important for people in our audience to understand because it's not just us crazy kooks with our tinfoil crowns who are admitting that but what about gain of function research Andrew and the Wuhan lab well this is interesting newly released records show that Two subordinates of Dr. Fauci raised concerns in May 2016. 2016, that's four years before the pandemic actually uh, happened, that a taxpayer-funded grant may include gain-of-function experiments on bat coronaviruses at, you guessed it, the Wuhan lab. They dropped it. EcoHealth Alliance downplayed the concerns the whole way so the national institute of allergy and infectious disease that's n-i-a-i-d staffers jenny greer and eric stemmy told eco health alliance in a may 28th 2016 letter which you can see at the top there of the correspondence that a proposed grant quote may include end quote gain of function research EcoHealth president peter dashik submitted his determination to the niaid in june in a june uh, 8th 2016 letter that downplayed the potential risks associated with the group's proposed research 
in of Wuhan. Course. Yep. Of course, because it it's would no look, big deal. It's worth it. Yeah, it would look really bad on the this government alphabet organization if that were to be indeed the case. Which involved this involved the creation of lab made chimeric coronavirus, and he denied it involved gain of function. The NIAID then gave Dashik the opportunity to submit an amended version of his letter on June 27th, 2016, after discovering a factual error in the initial filing the email shows. The agency then used Dashik's revised letter, which kept the original June 8th filing date as the basis of its own determination on July 7th that the EcoHealth's research did not involve gain of function research so we have another just another document that we're going to pull up here and this is andrew the, the yeah so this the, is this is this is peter dasick so this is what he says yes. quote you are correct to identify a mistake in our letter unc has no oversight of the chimera work all of which will be conducted at the wuhan institute of virology we will clarify tonight with Professor Zengli Shi exactly who will be notified if we see enhanced replication and then amend and resend the letter to you so it is clear. I will also confirm with Zengli the makeup of the Wuhan Institute of Virology's Institutional Biosafety Committee. So he admits they are doing it there, but it's them. We don't have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. NIAID staffers eventually sided with Dazic and informed EcoHealth in a July 7, 2016 letter that their proposed experiments in Wuhan were not subject to the gain of function funding pause. Dazic emailed Greer four days later expressing glee that the NIAID sided with his group. <laughs> so this is picture, picture three here, okay? This is what we see here. This is terrific. We are very happy to hear that our gain of function research funding pause has been lifted. NIH Principal Deputy Director Lawrence Tabak informed lawmakers in late October that Dazic did not stay true to his promise, saying EcoHealth failed to report right away that it created a lab-made SARS coronavirus in Wuhan using the WIV1 backbone that was more deadly and pathogenic towards mice with humanized cells. Despite Tabak's letter, Fauci and the NIH maintain that the research they funded at the Wuhan Institute of Virology did not involve gain-of-function research. Baloney! They knew gain-of-function research was going on in Wuhan, and they knew that it was being funded by U.S. tax dollars, and they knew it involved the creation of deadly and transmissible coronaviruses, and they lied about the whole thing. Still, to this day, Fauci and his ilk will change definitions and name-call all in an effort to deny what clearly happened. They knew what was going on. They knew how it was being funded. And they still lied to Senate, to the Congress, and on every every propaganda outlet that would have Dr. Fauci. Yeah, and Andrew, the lies didn't just come from the NIH and the NIAID. They came from the CDC as well, right? The CDC has also 
mastered the art of lying, and they worked in conjunction with these other organizations to put out the opposite of truth, right? That is the reality of the situation, to put out mis and disinformation and to call it truth, and then they strong-armed, as we're seeing from the recent uh, federal judge you know, saying that the government can no longer coordinate with big tech organizations to suppress freedom of speech under the First Amendment. We saw that the government did just exactly that um, to try and stop people from actually getting the truth about this narrative. And less these things get memory hold forever, Andrew, we want to play Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, on March 29th, 2021, to just refresh your member, memory on exactly what organizations like the NIH, NIAID, and the CDC were up to. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. So there you go. And that date's important. That is March 29th, mm-hmm. 2021, is when she went on CNN to say that. Absolutely. And don't you remember, you know, the, she was just saying what everyone else said. If you get the jab, you're a dead end, right? You're the stop of the community spread. You're going to protect your grandmother from dying by you getting that shot. And that's why it's so imp- important. You won't get sick. You'll protect your loved ones. You won't spread the virus. Well, the problem is we always knew that that was a lie and an over-exaggeration. But so many people bought that rhetoric, and that's why we have to, again, bring these receipts. We have to say, unless there's going to be real repentance, a real justice, a real admittance to harms done, we have to continue as dogs on this bone to chew away. And we now know that scores of studies and evidence shows that what Rochelle was saying, it is not true. But here is the kicker. Walensky, as well as Fauci and others, know, and they knew all the way back in January of 2021, that the jab did not indeed stop infection and transmission. You'll notice that date, January of 2021. So three months prior to her going on national television and saying exactly what you just saw her say. So, so I just want to, I want to, before we jump in, or before we show the picture, I just want to jump in quickly. Here's what yeah. people might be saying. They might be saying, well, fine. Now we know. We know now that yeah. the, the, the jab doesn't actually do what they said. But that's what they thought back then. So we know mm-hmm. now. And so here, here's what I've heard people say to me. The science said, changed. Yeah, well, they people have said to me, well, Andrew, there's no way we could have known back then. You just guessed or you're anti-authoritarian, anti-science, anti-government, rebellious, contrarian streak is so Even, strong within you that you just disagree. And you just mm-hmm. you just took a shot in the dark. You rolled the yeah. dice and you got lucky. It just so happened that you ended up on the, but there's no way you even a broken known. clocks. Yeah. Right. There's twice no a day. actual evidence. Yeah. So people would say that's what everyone thought, you know, Andrew, you're cuckoo kachoo. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that you were right, but we can't now retroactively say, haha. So you were right. And you knew back then, 
because there's no evidence to support it. If we have to give you the benefit of the doubt. Proof. Yeah. Mm. If only, if only there were delicious proof mm. that I wear like a badge. Yes. So, like this, here's an email from January thirtieth, twenty twenty-one, from that same Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, to Daniel B. Jernigan and others. And the subject really it reads vaccine breakthroughs. And the the contents of this letter read as follows. Dear all, I had a call with Francis Collins, that supposed Christian man who was the head of the Biologos. We'll link in the description our our takedown of that organization. We, she had a discussion with Francis Collins this morning, and one of the issues we discussed was that of a vaccine breakthroughs. This is clearly an important area of study and was specifically called out this week here. Should we discuss? Question mark. What is the next best step forward? Francis is also discussing with Tony, that's Fauci, um, and that's where the the email cuts off there they knew um, they knew so so they knew they they knew this all along two and months before she said that on cnn they here's the proof they knew that people were still getting sick mm-hmm. that people who had the shot were still getting sick and they were still making other people sick yeah they were, so people who had the shot were getting sick and then they were spreading it to other people who had the shot getting them sick as well they knew yeah, and so Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, professor of medicine at Stanford University, fellow believer, good man, who's been calling out all this pandemic nonsense almost since March of 2020. Basically, he calls this a stunning FOIA revelation because what it shows is Walensky and others like Fauci and Collins, it has all the big names in there, um, understood that breakthrough infections were a thing months before they were going on television that they were doing mass media uh, marketing to tell everybody that they need to get vaccinated because this would stop infection and transmission so tony fauci francis collins rochelle walensky they all continued to push these radical mandates despite the fact that they knew that breakthrough cases were occurring even back then and that there was serious concern about it. And we also have subsequently learned that uh, in the EU that there was actually no studies uh, of the efficacy of these vaccines to stop long-term transmission or getting of, 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 of COVID. So over and over again, what we saw from our medical establishment, what we saw from the supposed experts and scientists that we have to trust through blind faith, a faith that the scriptures know nothing about, um, was just, they were just running ahead, forwarding a narrative and hoping that things fit within that narrative and then still pushing that narrative until that narrative was so debunked by the and clear we have, evidence. We, we got to bring this full circle because yeah. why does this matter? Because now we're seeing that repeated shots probably provide negative immunity. Yes. And the amount of people who've been collapsing and dying, whose lives have been ruined because of a shot they knew didn't work. Mm-hmm. 
to protect from a virus that they knew was created in a lab that they funded. Yeah. All in order to see trillions of dollars exchange hands mm -hmm. to see the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of humanity mm -hmm. and to grant the authorities power and control unlike they've ever had before in Western culture. And it was all based on a series of lies mm. and half-truths and covering up what they knew was actually going and, on. And Andrew, it must be pointed out, the WHO is still now trying to call for global universal passports uh, that, that would supposedly stop pandemics like this. This was oh, not for the next one. Yeah, for yeah. The, next, the next pandemic. This, yeah. it, so that's why we have to bring up these receipts because they're still using COVID as a way to increase their totalitarian status control over every aspect of your life. And so they're not admitting that they created the thing, that they allowed the thing to get out and infect people across the world, and that their supposed solution to the thing was worse than the thing. And now they're still pushing to use that thing, which is mm -hmm. the spread of COVID-19, to get more state power and state control. That's why this matters still to this day. So if I could encourage you, don't disbelieve what your eyes see. Right. I want to. Yes. Th th this is part of the encouragement. Don't, don't disbelieve what your eyes see. Mm -hmm. um, don't, don't be told that both very reasonable common sense and really what we've known to be true since forever is to be thrown out the window simply because, quote unquote, experts come on TV and tell you to be so. Like we, we've known, we have known mm -hmm. since forever that. People get more sick in the wintertime because they're stuck indoors. So one of the best ways to not see sickness spread is open your windows, get outside. And that's what they told us not to do. So when they were telling us, no, 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 here's the safe play. Have one person from the household go to work, go engage in all these settings, right? And then come back home and everyone else is stuck at home with the windows closed. You'll be fine. We've known that's not true. We, so mm. we were being told stay inside, even though we've known since forever that sunlight and fresh air are good for you. Vitamin D is good for you. We've been told we've known for a long time good vitamins and a good diet helps boost mm -hmm. immune, your immune system, not heavily relying on jabs. We've known since forever that masks do nothing. In fact, it was Dr. Fauci back in 2007 that wrote a paper saying yeah. that the vast majority of people during the Spanish flu died from bacterial infections from chronic mask wearing. Mm -hmm. So we've known that masks don't work. We know that lockdowns don't work. We know that all common sense regarding viruses, specifically respiratory viruses, has been a certain way. And so that's what we know. They threw it out the window. And so when they tell you that's not true, don't don't yeah. disbelieve what you see with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Don't when you it, don't just don't be lied to. Don't be deceived. And the important part of you bringing that up is the reason that Dr. Bhattacharya and others like him responded so vehemently early on in the pandemic is they were seeing exactly that, Andrew. They were seeing, we have this body of data, scientific research over centuries. We have things put in place to help us deal with pandemics like this. And even plans, all of that- Even pandemic plans. Provinces right? and countries have pandemic plans. And Dr. J is on record as saying, we had a plan and we threw it out the window. We abandoned yes. our own plan for how to deal to, with these to things. A, to adopt 
the Chinese style lockdown plans across the world. That's what took place. That's why Dr. Bhattacharya and so many of his others who were took part in the Great Barrington Declaration, that they could seem prescient and prophetic in the situation. But the, the, the thing is, they weren't. They were just actually right. going on the science and the data and believing yeah. their eyes and believing their institution and believing what we knew um, and not going on with this re yeah, revolutionary like, I, like, new I take. I and people – like we didn't just take a stab in the dark. Like no. I, I didn't just roll the dice because I'm anti-authoritarian. Mm -hmm. And I just took a stab in the dark because I hate I hate the state. No, that's yeah. not it at all. I I, I read there 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 are there are studies on mass published in the last twenty years in seven mm -hmm. different countries showing definitively they don't do what they say they did. I mm -hmm. like it's just I just just reasonable. Under like it, here, here's a question: Do we still get the flu every year? Does the flu vaccine get rid of the flu? Are we able to vaccinate against the flu? How effective is the flu vaccine? So again, this is just Very a common sense thing. It's ineffective and we get the flu every year. What does that tell us? It's impossible to vaccinate against a respiratory virus. Yeah. Given the nature of the way the virus spreads, you, it's just going to do its thing. Because it so turns not, out I'm you not, can't reverse yeah. the effects of the fall. You can't reverse so, the effects so of the fall. So people weren't taking a stab in the dark. Yeah. We were making measured, reasonable coming to measured and reasonable conclusions without mm -hmm. having to be experts and scientists simply because we know the way God has made the world to work and we understand reality. So don't, don't be deceived and dissuaded by experts because this is going to be a play for the next five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to disbelieve everything you know about climate because of the experts, even though we mm -hmm. know summer and winter and springtime and harvest, none of these things will cease until the Lord. So, it, the earth is not going to melt because God says so. And we understand that climate always changes, that the 1700s had a much higher median temperature and a much warmer climate, even though there were no build, no, no, no cars, no factories. Apparently mm -hmm. there was a gazillion cows farting everywhere. That's what made <laughs> it so hot. So we know these things. So mm -hmm. they're going to try to say the experts are telling you you're wrong and and don't buy it. They're going to say the same thing about radical gender ideology. Mm -hmm. Oh no, gender and sex are different. It's 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 factual. It's not factual. Mm -hmm. It's nonsense. That's no. garbage. We know that it's not a clump of cells. It's a human being. So they will keep leveraging the cult of the expert against you. Mm -hmm. And what you need to do is you need to grab your Bible and you need to read it and mm -hmm. you need to have discussions with other solid thoughtful believers who are also serious about these things and do not be as the scriptures say tossed to and fro by every deceitful doctrine and cunning argument don't be taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies mm -hmm. don't disbelieve what your eyes see to be true um and and certainly when you have good people around you who are thinking about these things don't don't be pushed into submission or into deception because of it that's our encouragement to you it is it is my pleasure to tell you all about a new sponsor with us here at the dispatch as well as with open mic and the other club and we've been posting some videos and links from them on our social media and that is barter it i bet that you are growing more and more frustrated and concerned with the fiat money system here in canada I'm sure you're hoping for real options, 
a solution that works for you and values your liberty and security. Well, Barterit is here for you. A modern barter system economy for freedom-loving Canadians to transact and exchange value without having to use fiat currency. This is how it works. You offer your goods and services in exchange for barter credits, and you use those bits, that's the currency, to acquire other goods and services in the community. It's a parallel economy. Head to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter today and click on Barter It for Individuals. Make sure that you sign up as a VIP before the official launch and you will get a lifetime subscription, free premium listings, and a thousand bits to spend in the system. That is a $1,500 value for $197. So for 200 bucks, you get $1,000 worth of credits to spend. I mean, that's worth it right there on top of all the other perks. LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash barter. Click barter it for individuals. This is exactly where we need to be moving. This is exactly what we need in establishing a parallel economy. And we're going to be doing some more ad reads and there's more because it's not just barter it for individuals. There's barter pay for businesses. And then there's the barter pay it forward foundation for charities. Lots of good stuff. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. You want to get involved and you want to get connected with and, this. And we did a program way back with with John uh, Porter, who is the um, the leading pusher, the founder of Barter It and Barter Pay. Um, we'll link that in the description below so you can get a better understanding of the platform with the timestamp of when we actually have that conversation with John. Just for ease. Um, this is really interesting, Andrew, because the problem with bartering as just an economic activity is it's clunky. There's no way to exchange goods in a very easy and effective manner. But what John is doing is he, he's essentially through use of good technology is taking away the clunkiness of bartering. And he's really creating this parallel economy. So we're mm -hmm. so thrilled to be partnered with Barter It and Barter Pay and yeah, all and the we stuff wanna, they're doing. Make sure, again, make sure that if you do this, you go to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter, and you'll see the links there. That's where you want to go to find out what's going on. And we'll have more and more regarding our friends at Barter It and Barter Pay. Matt? Absolutely. Mailbag time. Mailbag, baby. Okay, well, we got some spicy things, and we'll try and be quick because we're coming to the end of the uh, podcast here, but we did want to just touch on a few things that were written into us. We do appreciate, as always, you reaching out to us at mailbag.libertycoalitioncanada.com, at libertycoalitioncanada.com. You got it. I got there it. Go. I got it. We got it. A little it. bit we're of rust. Good. A little bit yep. of rust today, gotta but that's okay. Got to get back okay. in the swing. Yeah, yep. got to get back in the thing. Okay. So uh, this this comes to us from Greg. So Greg writes, Dear Matt and Andrew, have you heard of the controversy with the hiring and dismissal of Dr. Henshaw? The Alberta Medical Association put out a letter of concern regarding her dismissal. It's a stark contrast to their response to doctors and health professionals questioning the mandates. Yeah. So what do you have Dr. To say Henshaw, about it? she was a health czar. She was a COVID tyrant. Mm -hmm. She was one of the worst in the country. And she was fired by Premier Daniel Smith for being an official chief medical officer. Now, 
The swamp creatures always find a way of not going away. So she began to work with the Indigenous, Indigenous Wellness Corps. It's a program that partners Alberta Health Services with Indigenous communities to deliver services for First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people in the province. So an internal memo went out to AHS workers about this, saying here's what she's doing now with the IWC. And they were furious because she shouldn't be allowed to handle a first aid kit, let alone an entire health department, that she's proven that she is she is incapable at doing a good job without destroying lives. So AHS issued a statement shortly saying she is not employed by AHS. Now, you had people upset by this, people in the Indigenous community specifically saying, hold on a second, you can't tell us what doctors we can and can't have. That's not fair. So in protest, Dr. Esther Tailfeathers resigned her position immediately. We read this. We echo the truth that she has shared, that this action by a non-Indigenous organization to nullify the hiring decision that she and her colleagues have made echoes the role of Indian agents asserting power over our affairs, a letter signed by the IPAC board chair, Dr. Mandy Buss reads. It continues, it amounts to the same colonial pattern of imposed and unwanted control over our rightfully rightful autonomy and decision-making when it comes to issues affecting Indigenous people. About 100 doctors in Alberta signed an open letter saying that there's been significant harm done to Dr. Hinshaw, Dr. Tailfeathers. So here's, I mean, here's the irony. Indigenous people in Alberta who hate state overreach and tyranny are upset that they don't get to hire a doctor who was one of the worst tyrants in Canada. So an ethnic community that abhors forced medical procedures on its people historically is upset that their doctor of choice has been maligned, the same doctor who was all in for forced COVID jabs. So I say that it is it is it lacks self-awareness. Yes. Because they hate state control, but they want to they they want they want a doctor that's all about state control. <laughs> and they hate the fact that, that Indigenous people historically have been on the receiving end of, you know, a lot of brutal treatment, a lot mm -hmm. of forced vaccinations and forced medical treatments. And here they are saying, well, we want our doctor who's for the same kind of thing. So it's mm -hmm. clearly yeah. it's not actually about what's true and what's best, but, but there's, there's something more going on. But here. sadly, Andrew, this cognitive dissonance maintains um, in the Aboriginal community, um, which which. It hurts my heart, right? Because even something that they call and deride as as blatantly evil and racist, like mm. the Indian Act, the, the very same people who call that racist are the very same people who will not let it be repealed um, because of what? The goodies that it gives them. Right. And here's the lesson for everybody, the principle that we all need to take away. Creating wards of the state is an evil thing. It's a very, very bad thing. Our rights do not come to us from the state. They are God-given negative rights that we should all fight for. Giving up our natural God-given human rights for privileges is a bad bargain. Mm -hmm. And... In this case, this is what creates that cognitive dissonance because we value the privileges 
that our petty tyrants give us more than our actual human rights given to us by God the Creator, this leads to this insane tension that we're seeing here. That's the principle we have to take away with it. We would agree that states don't have the right to force these things on anybody of any ethnicity, any tribe, tongue, and language. We're right alongside our Aboriginal um, uh, brothers and sisters across this land in saying that that's a bad thing. But we're not with them in them saying, well, it's only a bad thing if it affects us negatively, but we can do that to other people. No, no, and no. So that's that's an important irony that you point out there. Right. Andrew, this comes from Steve writing into us again. Uh, you, you've been having a back and forth and a dialogue with Steve. Um, you did want to just respond to something that he wrote uh, in a lengthy response. But um, let's get into specifically the, the point that you wanted to address. So thanks again, Steve, for writing. We appreciate it. Um, and And here's another concern that Steve brings forward to us. I like the announcement about the June 29th reading. So that's the true readings from True Royalty, which we talked about at the beginning of the program. Everything was great, very informative, until this was said. Quote, so we want to tell better stories and to push back against the leftist rainbow mafia indoctrination of our children. Please. This kind of talk is not Christ-like and is the antithesis to what our Lord Jesus taught. Okay. Very good assertion, Steve. You'll have to back that up. Our Lord met with and fellowshiped with, ate with everyone, especially those who the religious leaders of the time condemned. You who call yourselves Christians are sitting in judgment in condemning others. This is only for our Lord to do. Our Lord died for all of us, including those you are name-calling. Please just make the announcement about June 29th and leave the name-calling out of it. This name-calling, i.e. leftist rainbow mafia, is not pleasing to our Lord and in fact grieves the Holy Spirit. Do you dare respond to this email? Steve, a fellow believer who is ashamed of your name calling of lack of your lack of compassion for those with whom you disagree. All right, Steve, Andrew does dare respond and I'll give mm-hmm. some follow-up comments. What do you have for us, Andrew? So I did respond to Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, I did respond to him and we've, uh, we've communicated before. So I responded to him mm-hmm. and basically said, we don't cuss or use obscenities. We don't no. use foul language. Right. We use strong language to those who those who hate God and who hate his people mm-hmm. and who come against innocent children. Yeah. Right. And so I, I responded saying we have instances in the Old and the New Testament. We have prophets, the Apostle Paul, John the Baptizer and our Lord himself yeah. using strong language, much stronger than we use. Mm-hmm. Calling people things that are much stronger Broods than we of vipers. <laughs> I mean, leftist is just a politically accurate term. And Rainbow Mafia, I mean, what else What else would you call a group of people that says to you, unless you pay your dues and, and, and give us what is mm-hmm. owed us, you won't have protection? That's, yeah. a, that's what the Mafia does. So this, unless you yeah. rainbowize everything, we're coming for you. Hello, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we see in the month of June. So it's the Human Rights co- Coalition. We, we talked about Rainbow Mafia is fairly. Yeah. So I basically said, listen, there's, there's tremendous biblical precedent 
for mm -hmm. strong language used against people. Now, Steve responded back again with a very, very long email, which is which is fine. That's fine. I don't mind the engagement. That's great. So he tried to show that our biblical justification was incorrect in the language. Now, I'm not going to share the email because it is very long, but I will say that we simply responded to Steve. I responded to Steve by saying we clearly disagree mm -hmm. and we're not going to come to any agreement because we view the scriptures through a different hermeneutical lens, right? Oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're examining them I from mean, different first starting points, and so we're going to come to different conclusions. And I yeah, told there's him that all sorts of theological confusion yeah. in in that first so, bit that we read. I'm like, here. so that's fine. Let's just agree to disagree. Now, I do, however, want to focus on one part of his email because this, to me, gives the whole thing away, and it highlights why it is that Steve lands where he does. This this is the evidence to me. So this is what he writes: "Quote, as an aside." What is your position on those countries who jail members of the LGBTQ plus community and even execute them? There are over 60 such countries, mostly in Africa and in the Middle East. Are we informing others of this tragedy and injustice? The LGBTQ plus people are on the fringes of many societies in our world. They need our compassion, our support. Let's be like our Lord and reach out to them. Or are we going to be as hypocritical and self-righteous as the Pharisees of Jesus' day? We are to seek out those who, in the not-too-distant past, have been mistreated, ridiculed, ostracized by society, as well as even jailed and executed, such as the LGBTQ plus community. So a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. The first one is this. The simple fact that it's referred to as the LGBTQ plus community is problematic. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not a community. It is an ideology that is mm -hmm. based on vile, anti-biblical, anti-creational, mm -hmm. sodomite, sexually immoral values and practices. It's Neo not a community. Yeah. Neo-Marxism, all sorts of yeah. anti-Christian ideologies that were not to be swept up into. I mean, so I'm, I mean underneath <clears throat> this all is liber like he he reads the bible like a liberation theologian which is just a marxist cosplaying as a christian so that the first thing is that the sense is this idea of we need to be kind to the community no the reality is how we address individual people now even in our shows we're not necessarily speaking to the individual person who is a man who has same sex attraction for another man Mm -hmm. What we're speaking apart clearly is ideologies and movements and broad sweeping cultural behemoths. Like we're not we're not yeah. saying the individual person. We're saying that this whole movement that is backed up by the state, by the media, by the health establishment, by the academy. That's what we're mm -hmm. talking about. So the the whole calling it a community in this way is one kind of gives a sense. Okay, so it's a little bit soft on this. The other the other thing is the idea of countries who legislate against it so um, he might have in mind uganda for example mm -hmm. that recently passed its anti-homosexuality bill now i don't mm -hmm. want to get into the details of the bill or the specifics but it appears to me that steve would abhor what mm -hmm. uganda has done and their legislation now oh, again i don't want to get into all the specifics but the bill the bill makes illegal people who engage in sodomy and the bill also says that those who engage in aggravated sodomy, which is men having sex with boys, which is sodomite rape, which is 
sex with someone of the same sex who's, you know, incapacitated or has a mental illness, that that is punishable by death. And my response to that is I would do the same thing for heterosexual rape, right? Mm, like, yeah. no, I, no, I do not oppose that in that mm. if you commit rape, if you force yourself sexually upon another person or a minor, whether it's sodomy or not, yes, the state should have the authority to punish said person with mm -hmm. the sword via capital punishment. Rape yeah. should be punished by capital punishment. So no, I don't disagree with the legislation and any, and, and any Christian who values the law of God and understands why mm -hmm. it is that you have the list you do about sexual sin mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, what it reveals about God's heart about toward these things. Mm -hmm. I think that a Christian shouldn't look at that and say, oh, that's evil, that's vile, that's despicable, it's tragic, it's injustice. No, I don't, I don't think a Christian who understands the scriptures and understands the law of God should come to that conclusion. And then it makes me say this is probably why there's mm -hmm. such a strong reaction to the language that we use, because there appears to be a very soft well, perspective on these particular sins and, and these, these particular lifestyles. Two things come to my mind right off the bat here. This is Steve's own words, right? You who call yourselves Christians are sitting in judgment and condemning others. This is only for our Lord to do. So Steve, apply that principle to what you've just said here. Who are you to condemn Uganda or any nation that would execute LGBTQ plus people. Who are you to do that? That's only for the George, uh, the, the Lord to judge or to or condemn us for being judgmental for that matter. Yeah. You, you can't do that based off your own standard. You're violating your own standard. So it's either you don't believe that standard and you're only using it as a cudgel to fight back people who you disagree with, which is dishonest. And that's certainly something that our Lord hates and, and grieves the Holy spirit. Or you're just being just blatantly, uh, prima facially, just totally contradictory, which then we should just not really take your argument all that seri serious. But, but the question that underlies all this is by what standard do you judge, right? Because that's actually Matthew 7 rightly interpreted. When God's mm -hmm. saying, when, when Christ is saying, don't judge others, lest you be judged, he goes on to then say, we are ought to judge people by a right standard, which is obviously the law of God, which condemns every single person um, ever under it, both for original sin, natural sin, and, and, and actual sin, okay? So we, we are judging with right judgment that sees every human being as a fallen sinner before the throne of God, and that calls them to repentance and faith and to live according to that standard. That's exactly what we're doing in exercising this our judgment on the LGBTQ movement and them trying to force their agenda on everybody. Steve, we're as Christians called to actually speak as th though the very oracles of God. So it's funny that in you're willing to condemn Uganda and other states like that emphatically, 
but when we do that and against people that you are on the same ideological end as you're calling us out for doing that be consistent but i also want to point out something and i think this really gets i think this might seem shocking to a lot of people but this is something that i've talked to many people about what makes you think because you bring this up in both of these arguments that oh you wouldn't want to be like the pharisees the religious rulers of the day who jesus condemned and who were were rejecting outcast sinners what gives you the impression that the lgbtq community are those just downtrodden marginalized group of individuals and they themselves not out powerful cadre of religious rulers of our day who mm -hmm. forsake the law of god to uphold the traditions of men yeah. the pharisees occupied the elite class they had all the levers of power and privilege in israel they were in cahoots with the state which is rome and so they were the ones that had the authority and the power mm -hmm. they were the ones that could demand what people did and didn't do and if you didn't play nice you would be removed you'd be kicked out of the synagogue mm -hmm. they had the backing of the state and rome and so the truth is that the idea so so what ideology is backed by the state by the media <laughs> by the health establishment what religion by the academy, I say. and yeah. has the ability to punish those who do not go along with it and 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 really remove those from society hmm. if they don't do what they're told well that that religion that ideology hmm. would be the lgbtq plus ideology that Bingo. is the one that occupies the highest level of authority Bingo. Though, so so it's it, your your understanding is inverted Yes, no, exactly, which stands the gospel message on its head. Literally stands the gospel message on its head. Steve, we've talked to people of supposedly that LGBTQ plus community who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, who, who have repented and believed in Christ, and we welcome them as brothers and sisters with open arms. We've talked to those people on our program. We're not condemning people and tying yokes upon their necks that we're not willing to bear. We know we're condemned before the law of God just as much as any fallen sinner. What we're denouncing is the the self-righteousness of this new religious cult that forsakes the law of God to uphold their passions and their desires and who will not succumb to the rebuking of the powerful word of God. They refuse to do it. They set themselves up as judges over the word of God and they declare themselves righteous before a God who says they are anything but. That is the self-righteousness that is indicative of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious rulers of the day. It is not indicative of the lowly sinner who comes to Christ for yeah. forgiveness of sin the and salvation. The downtrodden, oppressed, weak community are not the one that have their ideology <laughs> represented in every single company logo in mm -hmm. every single school in every single bank in every single institution in every single restaurant you walk in any major city in every storefront and every restaurant will have the pride flag the prime minister has the inclusive pride flag outside of his office 
the downtrodden are not those who are elevated and supported and backed by the entire culture. And the state that apparatus is, to tune of billions of dollars. Ridiculous. Yeah. To, to make such a claim that the cultural beast that dominates all institutions and all spheres in our country mm -hmm. represents the downtrodden lowly no 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 you you're you're backwards you're that mm -hmm. that honor belongs to the faithful biblical christian and christian church mm -hmm. that is the one right now who is on the receiving end of the hatred and the legal ramifications mm -hmm. so you cannot just cherry pick one country in uganda <laughs> and understand that, yeah, okay, yes, that's that's what's going on here, unless that's what's going on in Africa. But it's, yeah, it's it, it's a very you, you, respectfully your understanding is inverted, mm -hmm. and and don't twist and the scriptures lest you be like Satan. Yeah, and 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 the presuppositions are evident. Now, I, I'll just say in conclusion, despite the the, the strength of. Of our response, it, it, it it's not entirely directly at you, but really it's against this kind of thinking, right? Because I would say that this is an example of a deceptive philosophy. This is example. This is an example of thinking that is harmful, that sets itself again against the truth of God and against the scriptures. That we need to, as Paul would say in Second Corinthians, we need to take captive. We need to dismantle. Mm -hmm. It's the thinking, this thinking, this presupposition, this way of viewing the world needs to be taken down mm -hmm. strongly, and we need to erect in its place a right and true biblical understanding. We appreciate the letter. We appreciate the feedback and the engagement because yeah. rather than just being silent, but mm -hmm. we need to respond with strength because respectfully, that kind of thinking that you've expressed in the letters and in the emails is harmful, mm -hmm. doesn't actually help people who are ensnared in these sinful lifestyles and will not properly equip the church to engage against mm. this cultural monster that is coming for Western civilization. So we have to come at it with strength. Yeah. Thank you yeah. guys for your mailbag submissions. Mm -hmm. um, we're we're going to be honest in our response. I hope that that's yeah. helpful for our audience to think through these things. Yeah. And, you know, it's our prayer that everybody would, you know, repent and believe in the true biblical Jesus Christ and not a Christ of... Uh, our imaginations right and that's that's really important um so we would just pray that for everybody in our hearing and we do appreciate you tuning in we hope you had a again a wonderful dominion uh day weekend and uh we pray that you'll have a wonderful summer coming up and that you'll continue to tune into our many programs as we say at the end of every episode galatians 5 1 Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.